the Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Trek with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. Before we get started, the head geek himself, Terrace Cassidy of Geek Nation Tours, would like me to ask you to check out some of the other shows available on the Freebooters Network. Here are some clips from episodes you may have missed. 40k Radio. They could go really old school and make it so every army has rhinos now. The Space Marines are just dumping them off really cheap at auction. Well, maybe, but also, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the update for the, uh, the vehicles for the System Battle. Oh, I don't know if we beautiful. talked about that last ex- no. uh, episode, but yeah, they're keeping the rhino frame, but everything that goes on top of it is just gorgeous. Yeah, lots of iconography and different little accessories. They look they look amazing. Yeah, that, that I have a feeling that conversion sprue that they're going that's going to come with the uh, with, with the sisters rhino and probably Immolator and Exorcist are just it, it, I, I it, they're not going to do it because Gaze Warm Shop has this tendency to leave money on the table for these kind of things. Yeah. But if they were to make that sprue available on its own, even if it's just for six months, I do, do it sell a ton of them. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. Anonymous tabletop. Yes, so we actually got a question from our listener. Listener number three, Adam Schumacher, you asked a very good question, and Lathan and Tim probably are going to be able to answer this best, which is a little scary to me, but (laughs) it's how can parents balance their busy lives and gaming more so with young children? Oh, uh, glass of Benadryl. Just put your, give them a glass of Benadryl on Friday night, and you've got the whole weekend free. Wake them up for school. Not a tabletop podcast. Does not no, condone. We, we, we do not condone this. Don't yeah. condone glass of Benadryl. Actually, I've got some Benadryl blow darts. If they don't want to drink it and they try and run off, just one of the, the neck, thoughts of Tim do not represent the <laughs> thoughts of anonymous tabletop. I'd like podcast. to hear what Lathan has to yes. say about this. And now from a parent who actually likes his children. And they're both younger, so. Mm-hmm. Fights, Mike. This fight is yours. Oh, kind of fucked up. That's right. It's Game of Thrones. The longer this goes on, the more fucked up it gets. It's Ned's death versus Tyrion Lannister. Uh, yeah. This is ah, Jesus Christ. This stuff. So you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm going with my gut. I, I don't care if it violates any of my rules. Um, Tyrion. I. Uh, he, he's a character that I really, really loved. I really, really, really dug. I enjoyed his arc. And and also, I think when we're talking about these characters, we can't ignore the uh, absolutely uh, fantastic performances by their actors. Uh, Peter Dinklage uh, has done a great job here and in many other places. Um, so, uh, so Tyrion. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to issue 26 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark, and I am joined, as always, by the purveyor of pumpkins himself, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? I'm uh, riding in on that little hoverboard. Uh, I promise none of these pumpkins will explode. <laughs> yeah, I think I said himself, too, but we're only on, like, take three, so we're going to forge ahead. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are uh, in the month of October, and... Sorry for the delay last month. It was it was my issue with some scheduling stuff. So thank you for being patient. And we are back again. And you know we try not to be too delayed. So we'll be back on schedule hopefully for the rest of the year. And uh, sneak peek for those of you that uh, enjoy our other podcasts that we do. But Nerd Herders itself is coming back as well. So you can hear Andy and I on, on that. So uh, yeah, we're we're doing the podcast thing more regularly. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, and you're doing a, a third one now too, right, Ian? I have Ego, yes, the 80s Geek Out podcast that we've started on the Freebooters Network with a buddy of mine, Brad, who I've known since uh, middle school, and we talk about all kinds of stuff. Actually, today, uh, another sneak peek for you guys, I watched uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Thing, and took notes, and Brad and I are going to do a deep dive into The Thing. Um, but yeah, on 80s Geek Out, we talk, we've talked about uh, Star Wars toys. Last month we talked about 80s music, kind of an overview, and then now we're doing uh, a classic horror sci-fi movie from the 80s. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun. I I uh, and there you know each of them's about once a month. Maybe Nerd Herders actually Nerd Herders we're planning on once a month. So yeah, I have yeah. I have time for it. So we'll um, 
you know, none of them interfere with the others. So whenever there's an issue with recording, it's not other podcast related. So cool. <laughs> Cool. Just, just so people know. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be back and, and talking comics with you. And I think you had – was there something you wanted to talk about before? Yeah, so the first, so it's um, it's one of those crossovers. It's uh, interesting you kind of mentioned our other podcasts. Um, so one of the things that we do tend to talk a lot about on our Nerd Herders podcast is gaming. Um, and in particular, kind of the hotness for us for the last two years has been 40K. And at the begin, uh, at the end of last month, so it was the very last day of September, um, Games Workshop, who does, who owns kind of the 40k um, intellectual property, there announced that they're going to be working with Marvel uh, to collaborate and create Warhammer comics. Um, so I didn't know if that's something you saw at all, Ian. I did. I did see that announcement. And so there have been Warhammer and Warhammer 40,000 comic books in the past. I've read some of them. Uh, they varied pretty wildly in quality, but now getting Marvel uh, attached because most of them were independent or, or maybe even self-produced. I'm not even sure how the Warhammer stuff yeah, so the the last one I read was uh, Titan Comics had put it out, um, and it was neat. It was um, it was a combination of kind of uh, Space Marines, Inquisitors, and um, uh, and others. It was a kind of a a tale told from three points of view. Um, there was also an Eisenhorn. Uh, Zeno's title that was out there for a while too. I never, I never got around to that, and that was by T Pub. So yeah, it's been, it's been much smaller prints out there. So the fact that they're going to work with Marvel, who you know, if you think about it, that's that's big time. You know, that's you know, you it's not even. And again, it may be one of Marvel's smaller studios, but even still, like it's a that's a big deal. We could look, we could potentially see some really cool stuff. I just hope that it takes more of the gritty uh, as opposed to some of the kind of kid-focused comic stuff that that Games Workshop has kind of been publishing on its own. Um, so we'll we'll see with that because um, they do they have some neat things out there it's um kind of like this role models uh type thing um, yeah i saw that yeah and that's and that's interesting and stuff and i i think it's it has its place um but if if you want to get i think kind of hardcore fans into the comic you're gonna have to go the the darker route yeah, and and I totally get it. You're right. It does have a place, and they're trying to draw in a younger audience. But for those that don't know, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners play Warhammer 40,000 or are at least familiar with it because they go to a comic shop that's a hobby shop that has you know thousands of the models everywhere, and they see people playing it. For those that don't know, Warhammer 40,000 has a fantastic like backstory and lore and all of the factions and – uh, just it, just everything about it is very cool. As much as I love playing the tabletop game and I love the models and, and painting them and everything, the backstory stuff that comes in the rule books and the codexes for each army, all that stuff is super interesting. And they've had a, a hugely successful line of novels for many years. So the the whole universe itself is just ripe for storytelling and having Marvel with their stable of talent writing and uh, and artists and everything, I, I think really is exciting and, and could really open the door for some new fans, you know, on both sides, maybe some 40K players that don't read comics will pick up some comics now and, and you know, comic fans that don't know much about 40K might be interested enough to pick up a book and then and then start the game. So uh, I, I think it's great. I'm, I'm excited to see. Do you, does it have a release date? It doesn't. It it really is just like this seems pretty early. So it's going to be twenty twenty um, at the earliest, I think. Sure. Um, but yeah, and again, not to get too far into it, but yeah, I, there's there's been definitely a resurgence in the kind of the literature angle there uh, from Black Library with what they've been kind of organizing and publishing. So I think there's a there's definitely a uh, a lot that they can draw from for the comics too. So yeah, it's just something I'm kind of excited about because it's the it's when it's one of those happy moments when two worlds collide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Uh, cool. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I had forgotten. I had I had read that. Um, so yeah, that's good. I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, I had a quick thing to talk about. I was just um, I don't know if people saw on our Facebook page, but when I went to Dragon Con, there were a ton of um, uh, great legendary comic creators that were there. And I don't know if you can you hear my dogs. I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're having they, uh, fun together. They are. It's it's kind of a, a, a not the best day outside, and it's a little chilly. So they're instead of running around outside, they're uh, they're deciding to play in here. So so yeah. we'll we'll see what. I, yeah, and normally I'm sequestered, but uh, but I'm in the in the kitchen today. Uh, so went to Dragon Con. A lot of great creators there. Uh, Roy Thomas was there, obviously, who is a, a big. Uh, creator and name for me personally because I, I love the Conan the Barbarian series so much and, and he was there for that uh, and uh, so alright I'm just going to walk over and let a dog out we're going to keep recording but I'm going to go let Leo the dog out because he's ringing the bell to go outside <laughs> alright Leo uh, so Roy Thomas is there um, a bunch of great 80s uh, creators I posted a picture of that too I think it was like um uh, Mike Grell and, and Mike Barron and just a ton of really cool creators that, that did some panels that I went to. Uh, so I really enjoyed that and had a great time listening to them tell stories. And um, But uh, so uh, aside from that, speaking of Conan, I wanted to tell a story. So my wife Amy uh, is very thoughtful and knows that I have been working hard to complete a, a run, a complete run of the original Conan the Barbarian uh, series. I have gotten to a point where I needed, I need a handful of issues in the 200s because the print runs had gotten so small uh, by the time the, the series ended in the 90s that those are actually a little harder to find. They're not expensive when you find them, but they're just a little harder to find. Um, then aside from that, I only needed issue 24, which is the first full appearance of Red Sonia, and issue one, which is obviously the Holy Grail one. So she decided for my birthday, which was in August, that she was going to get me issue one. And thankfully, being a smart woman, she she waited. She didn't just buy one. She gave me like a little printout sheet on my birthday of a potential one to buy that she had found that was like CCG graded. And it was it was a, a reasonable price. It was like a hundred bucks. Fortunately, she asked me first because it was the annual number one and not issue number one. So we began to look for issue one, and she's very like heavily into making sure she does all her research and that type of stuff. Like she's she's buying a car now, and so it's like that's like a big thing where she's like um, you know looking into all the pros and cons of these different cars. So she's very thorough in this stuff, and we finally find a after watching a few. Uh, auctions go and and kind of figuring out a price range and and I again I didn't need a um I wasn't looking for a 10.0 you know like a five thousand dollar copy of of Conan I I was going to be happy with like a mid grade you know and we were seeing some where they were going and and everything we lost a few with some bids so uh, finally we find one we're we're waiting to bid on it and the power goes out here at the house <laughs> so. <laughs> literally an hour before it's going to end. So uh, we have no Wi-Fi, but we have our phones or whatever, and, but we had set a, a reminder on Alexa to remind us a few minutes before to, try to see where the auction was and see if we were going to like bid in the last minute. No Alexa because we have no power. It occurs to us th that this has happened. And so Amy gets on her phone. There are three minutes left uh, in the auction. And it's going up and up and up, and we kind of set a price. We're like, okay, the, so so this issue was a 5.5, which those had been going for, and that's CCG graded, so it's in the you know in the slab and everything, so you know you can trust the grade. So we're like, all right, we'll we'll do like 160 for this one. So it's getting down to it's under a minute. And Amy starts to to punch in the numbers, and it's it's like a stressful situation because you know it's she she punches in uh, instead of one hundred and sixty sixteen hundred dollars <laughs> for her bid. Thankfully, oh, goodness. thankfully, it didn't go much higher. It, I think we got it for like one seventy something, but it was just. <laughs> she was I'm like, not that comic. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I don't know. I'm like, I was like, it's gonna be okay. It won't go. It's no way it'll go for anything crazy. So, but it was just so, 
it was just such a funny scene because like it was literally three minutes where we were like oh no it's the auction we totally forgot and then we're looking and, and we're like what's a good prize so so anyway i got my issue of conan number one uh it's a great hundred dollars <laughs> thankfully it was not a crazy price uh but it was oh man it was so it was just funny it was funny after but but um and you can i know you can cancel bids and stuff like that because people have done it to me on other stuff before so so it wasn't like we were locked in but it was just it was just super funny and then um but i got the copy and it's it's uh, you know it's sealed so you can't see inside but they list everything it's got like white pages and it's actually a really nice copy so i'm and i own a reprint copy so it's not like i can't read it i've actually read issue 1 so nice so that was nice that was a little nice little birthday adventure so now i'm kind of hinting that you know maybe for christmas i need that red sonia issue <laughs> So we'll, so we'll see what happens. But um, so anyway, yeah, that was a story. Sorry, it was a little long-winded, but um, no, 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 it's a good story. <laughs> so, all right, but I think uh, let's see, dogs are outside. They're they're out playing, romping in the leaves uh, on a beautiful uh, October day here. Well, it's not beautiful, like I said, but it's 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 the leaves look nice. We have good. Yeah, food, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. Okay, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our current reading habits and I uh I'm gonna start with an admission. <laughs> Remember I said I was gonna catch up on Star Wars. Yep. I had every intention of doing that. I sat down to do that last weekend, and I read a couple. Uh, read I was I can't remember where I was. I think it's up to the low seventies now. But I, I read like you know sixty six, sixty seven, sixty eight. I'm going through. I have two copies of sixty eight, no copy of sixty nine, and then I have seventy seven. So I don't have it. So I'm like, oh, and what happened was I transitioned. I went from the comic store that I used to get my books at for a long time. I still love that store, but I just, I don't get over there. Even though there's one in Concord, I don't ever have any reason to, to get there. And I don't get to the one in Manchester. So I transitioned to Midgard Comics where we play 40K every week. Uh, and so I think in the transition, I missed, and and I, I don't know how I ended up with two of 68. But anyway, so... This Tuesday, I went, and I'm like, oh, let me look at your back issues. They didn't have that one. So I didn't get to read it, and then it occurred to me today. I was like, oh, I just should have bought it digitally. I'm an, I'm an yeah. idiot. I just done that. So anyway, I started to catch up on Star Wars, so so I'll talk about that a little bit first. Uh, and I think we were in agreement on that. I, I didn't care. That storyline wrapped up sort of the whole intrigue on this planet, and there was sort of almost like an evil Princess Leia. Not like Princess Leia gone evil, but like a an evil ruler of a planet that was kind of the, the opposite end of you know the spectrum from Leia. And that, yeah, that storyline just, just didn't do much for me. But, um, but you, you've been reading since? Has it picked up? No, I, so I finished... So I can't remember. So you've read up to you've read kind of the close out of that one. They come. That's the arc is done. Yep. Um, hold on. So I, I think I mentioned this last month. I'm kind of. I'm right now. I'm done. With oh, that's that's the right. The primary store Wars, Star Wars line because they're doing that thing where there there are so many iconic characters. So, yeah, you know, you've got your Han, your Luke, your Leia, and they they all can't hang out together all the time for some reason. Yeah, we discussed this. You're right. Yeah, the splitting yeah. of the characters. Yeah. So I'm, I'm – it's not – I don't – because then I, I don't get a complete story. I yeah. get parts That's of right. little stories, and I just – I don't have fun. And the fact that they put Chewie and C-3PO together, I'm just like, all right, I get it. C-3PO can translate anything Chewie <laughs> says, like, fine, but that's, those are two cool characters, they're just not cool together, like, they're, <laughs> right, right. You, yeah, you need Han in between those two to make it, make it something I care about, yeah. um, that being said, though, there's still some other good titles there, so I'll let you wrap up, but Marvel's still doing a good job with the Star Wars universe, I just don't think they're doing a great job with Star Wars. Yeah, and yeah, and I apologize for going back over that. You're right, we totally talked about that last time. Uh, 
So I'm still reading the Conan books, which I like. The only one I'm behind on is Savage Avengers, which um, I do need to catch up on because I was liking it. I, I'm, you know, it's a that's a tough one we've talked about as far as how they handle it because it's just such a weird thing to have like Wolverine and the Punisher and Conan and everything together. So I'll I'll catch up on that one and, and make sure I talk about that one next week. But uh, still really enjoying Savage Sword and and the main title. Uh, Valeria came out. The first few issues of that have come out. Uh, it's it's better than Belit, the the first five issue offshoot one, uh, but it's still I, I'm I'm not crazy about it. It's not one where you know when like the, I just picked up I think issue three this week and I wasn't like oh good issue three I was like oh okay issue three's out. It, it's not it's not compelling yet for me and maybe it'll finish strongly or maybe it won't. Maybe, maybe those, I don't even know going forward what else they're going to do because they're like Valeria existed in the original comics in, in a different form sort of. So, you know, I don't know if maybe they continue to do that and add in like, maybe we see Subutai from who, who I think is awesome in the original Conan movie. Um, you know, maybe they bring him in or something and I don't even know if legally, like if they own the rights to him, but, uh, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting going forward to see what they do with that. If they, or maybe they focus on bad guys. Maybe we get one, you know, looking at like, uh, Tothamon or, you know, some like that. So, uh, Valeria is not great so far, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still collecting it. It's only five issues, so it's not a huge investment anyway. And then, yeah, just still really digging the, the main Conan book and it, it has a really, classic feel like there are definitely nods to the original series but still making it a more modern like in as far as storytelling so so yeah i'm i'm enjoying that part of it so um and what and issue I, are you up to on uh conan the barbarian oh boy i can't remember we talked about the one where he went back to samaria which i think was eight and yep. i think there's been one after that um, that well there was the annual one that was the one that was um I, I don't know if they call it an annual because they renumbered it. It's Exodus. Sorry. Conan the Barbarian Exodus, number one. So that's the one with no, no yes, writing. We, we talked about that one. Yeah. Yep, we talked about it. Yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah, then the, the most recent one was good, um, yes. yep. which is number nine, um, which kind of brings it back to that story. But it, it's neat because you uh, – did you read nine yet? I did, yep. Uh, yeah, I loved it because you got to see – like classic um, monsters and villains from yeah. from old um, kind of older stories because of the way the story was written. But that was I thought that was super neat. Um, well, so yeah, I it, really liked that one. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there. That it it goes into what I was saying. It's like that. It feels like the classic book, but but updated for you know for modern times and modern storytelling. So yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't been reading any of the other ones. I'm just sticking with Barbarian. Yeah. Um, just because that's, I think that's what's going to work best for me. Um, have you been reading all the short story stuff at the back? I haven't. I I, I want to, and I, I think I may go back at some point or see if they collect it. Uh, because I know I know a lot of people have been enjoying them. I just haven't. A lot of times, time wise. Uh, I'm sitting down with a pile of comics and I'm trying to get through a bunch of them. So, so stopping to read the, the little excerpts or short stories or novella type stuff at the end kind of slows me down. So uh, another podcast that I listened to, and I know you've listened to before too, Rogues in the House, um, had an interesting comment on it. The writing is good, but you're basically telling me to read two pages every month. Uh, of a 12 part story and it doesn't it's it's tough to remember what i read you know a month ago um yeah i appreciate the attempt but it, i it yeah you're right it doesn't work in that format and that's why i was hoping they will collect it at some point because yeah it is tough it's like it's like it, it doesn't lend itself to the that type of you right, know, just prose itself doesn't lend itself to that small a snippet every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I I get short stories, but those are short, short. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. So that yeah, that's a little tough for me. So yeah, I'm hoping that we see kind of a, you know, something that pulls it all together towards the end. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and since I'm reading so few monthly books, I think I might start, and we'll see if listeners think this is okay and if you, you're okay with it. Uh, since I have now a run, my run of Conan books, the original books, is unbroken with the exception of 24, uh, the first Fred Sonia, like I mentioned, but I have that in reprint form. I have an unbroken run all the way to like 220. So I was thinking I might read a handful of those every month and just talk about those real quick just to kind of compare and contrast. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's what – because – and honestly, that's what interests me right now, now that I have all of these, because my collecting for Conan kind of happened not really accidentally but just kind of organically because I had so many because I love the, the 50-cent bins at comic shows, and there were so many Conan books in there that eventually I was like, look at this. I have a huge run, and then – that led to me deciding to to collect the the whole run, but I would I would read them too. And and the great thing about those is because most of them are one, occasionally two issues or or even more where they would string together stories. Most of them are self contained. So so I had always read a bunch, but now I would like to actually go through and read them chronologically. So I think that's what I'm going to do. And then I'll talk about one or two every month, and uh, um, you know, just kind of in broad. Uh, broad strokes, but I think it'll be interesting to compare and contrast to the to the new series. So that's about yeah. all I have, and you always have cool stuff to talk about. So I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, trying to look at purchase dates here. So um, I've been trying to kind of pare back um, how much kind of comics I, I read, uh, but I'm trying to. In a couple of series that I've been reading are getting close to the end. One actually wrapped up um, this last month, um, and another one's kind of taken a turn, so I might drop it. But uh, I've been reading Black Science, which is an image comic since it came out, um, and that just ended with um, Black Science uh, 43. Um, it, was a, it was a neat take on kind of traveling through alternate universes and stuff and you know being able to redo things in your life um it was getting a little convoluted towards the end um so i'm okay with it ending uh and i think it ended in an okay way um but that that's definitely one that i've been reading for a very very long time um so I'll, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to miss it, though. Like I said, it's it's starting to get convoluted uh, towards the end. Um, but all the, you know, as with anything, I kind of find other things to to replace it with. But I find myself being uh, gravitating towards short runs, uh, things that have you know a good uh, writer or artist that I know there's only going to be six issues, so I don't have to. I don't have to kind of commit myself to something. Um, so I've been enjoying Old Man Quill quite a bit. Um, that just had uh, issue 10 of 12 uh, come out. So that's almost done as well. That's set in the same universe as Old Man Logan. Um, I really, and there was Old Man Hawkeye before that. I really like it. It's it's kind of an alternative uh, future. Uh, so I have a, I have a lot of fun. Uh, with ones like that uh the house of x and the uh powers of x are just about wrapping up too and i think that's leading to a new reboot of x-men so an x-men one will come out next month i think um so i'm kind of excited about that as well those have been really that's a really neat story and the way they laid it out has been super fun to read still enjoying star wars dr afra um that that character is great. Um, you're able to kind of fit into the Star Wars universe. She is neither a good guy or a bad guy. So she works with the Rebels. She works with the Empire. Um, she mostly looks out for herself. Um, so you can bring in whatever characters you want. And it's all the best of Star Wars storytelling in a Star Wars universe without all of the kind of handicaps that you have using the primary characters. Uh, so I've still really been loving that. Um, Target Vader has been fun. Uh, it's a group of bounty hunters trying to get uh, stop Vader. Um, yeah, I sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I read issue one and really enjoyed it, and I forgot to go back. So yeah, that's one I'll. Um, what are the what? How many issues? They're up to four already, but that's another okay. one that's a four out of six. So right. it's a it's a nice little kind of condensed universe, and I'm I'm really kind of enjoying that. Yeah, I got to go um, back. I, I liked issue one a lot. Yeah, and it gets better. Like they they stay consistent. They're they're good. And this last one did something super cool. Or the last two, three and four, are the best out of all of them. The other one that. Um, I enjoyed, but I think I'm I'm done with because they wrapped up um, kind of their first little story arc is uh, Blade Runner 2019. Um, this is it, it, it's neat. It's a it's a story set in the Blade Runner universe. I think they did a great job with the first story. Um, they ended it, but left it open to kind of keep telling the story. Uh, if you like the Blade Runner universe, I think this first one is a really good kind of short you know short story to kind of go through and and you said it's 2019 yeah that's that's when the original movie was set so that's interesting yes yeah yeah so it's basically she's a the the main character um is her job is the same as um decker um so she does the same thing so she's just another person on the police force doing what decker does um that's cool. and, and they and they do like it. So you you have a lot of the same big characters in there in terms of the the corporations uh, and that type of stuff. But it's it's a different story um, using that same universe. Uh, it's still centered all around replicants and 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 that. But it's it's been it's been fun. Nice. Um, I've. One of the only kind of continuing series that's in the kind of the mainstream universe um, that I read is Black Panther. Um, I I still really like this. Um, I'm it's it's a little tough now. It's it's getting they're introducing a lot of kind of secondary characters in uh, Wakanda, um, and it's now getting really confusing because long story short, uh, Black Panther sent from Wakanda uh, a basically a a team out into deep space to kind of explore and kind of e- expand on what Wakanda is. They go through a temporal black hole, end up on the other side of the universe, um, and then basically they go... That temporal black hole sent them back in time. So when... Wakanda finally hears back from them. It's thousands of years in their future. Oh, wow. Um, and they've basically expanded. So Wakanda is not just a, a planet. It's an entire empire. And they've conquered other races. And they, they don't kind of have the original vision. And so Black Panther ends up there. He ends up freeing everybody, but he comes back to Earth and he's connecting Earth with this expanded empire. And there's all this like trouble that way. It's it's interesting, but it's it's starting to like I said get a little convoluted. Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept, but it almost sounds a little bit too broad for what we know of as the scope of Black Panther has always been. Like like Wakanda, obviously being super advanced technologically but wanting to insulate itself from from the outside world right right yeah so now now there's a whole other galaxy out there that is part of wakanda so we'll we'll see what they do with that um i don't know if i mentioned this last month i'm going to give it one or two more issues uh tommy gun wizards no no i don't okay. think I that one. so it's set during prohibition so at the same time prohibition is going on somehow magic becomes available. But it's available by taking something called Lick. Um, And basically, when you ingest Lick, it's like a drug, it gives you the ability to do magic. Um, Oh, so it's based on a true story. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, That's that's how I remember Prohibition. Yep. Um, So Prohibition is still happening with alcohol, but now you have this other element to it where there's a little bit of magic. So it's Tommy Gun Wizards. Um, it's got Elliot Ness 
um, oh, who's fighting not only like Prohibition See, it is historical. <laughs> and Al Capone, but he's also like trying to get to the bottom of kind of lick. And it so it's only two issues, and then I don't want to go into what happens at the end of the second issue, but it's it's cool how magic is coming about. Um, they have a really good 1920s explanation for magic, um, in my oh. opinion. And so I'll, I'll talk more about neat. that later. Okay. Yeah. And it's an ongoing? It's an ongoing. Um, and that's from Dark Horse. We'll see how long I stick with that one. Now, did I mention the Moon Knight Annual last time? Uh, I can't remember if you did or not. I've not been reading Moon Knight, even though I I do love that character. So there isn't... Well, what's really interesting is, as far as I know, there is no other kind of ongoing series for Moon Knight, but they did an annual this time. Um, so it's Moon Knight Annual 2019, number one. Um, it's super neat. It's Moon Knight uh, versus uh, uh, Kang the Conqueror. Um, Man, and I feel like maybe you did mention this one. I know I mentioned it to you. I don't know if I mentioned okay. it on the show. Yeah. They're fighting through time. It's all different iterations of Moon Knight throughout history. Super cool. Yeah, I got to pick that up because I, yeah. I do, I do love Moon Knight. It's just yeah, like that's the, and the last series left me a little, little cold. Me too. But I saw Moon Knight versus Kang, and I was like, all right. <laughs> yes, please. I didn't know I wanted that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the last thing I want to mention is I haven't read them yet, but um, there's a ton of new stuff on Comicsology Unlimited. Um, so Warren Ellis did an astonishing X-Men, um, exogenesis, like, and I never read it, but I love Warren Ellis. So I'm going to go. So that just came out. That's a, that's collects astonishing X-Men exogenesis one through five. It's a, so it's basically 125 pages. So that'll be a fun long read. And then something I liked, but I didn't really follow it past the first and second issue which was batman white knight um and the idea here is this is um basically the what happens if it's what happened if the joker kind of cured himself um and people didn't necessarily think batman was the the good the the answer to the problems that they they had or needed um it's it's out of dc's black label too so they're they're able to tell a story about batman kind of in its own little pocket universe um but they just collected um it must be the whole yeah the whole series um so that it's 224 pages but that's on comicsology unlimited so that was that was free so yeah yeah. Cool. I haven't started those ones, but that's what I'm going to be reading next. So, yeah, like I said, I've been I've been trying to kind of pare down a little bit what I've been reading, but that's where I am right now. Nice. And yeah, a whole bunch of new stuff on Comicsology Unlimited that'll tie in later when I uh, pick the the next read this because there's a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't on there before that I was like, oh, look at this. So cool. So, yeah. so stay tuned for that. Uh, okay, cool. Let's uh, press on. It is entitled Naturan de Manto. Roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. All right, welcome into Read This, where we have given you a trade paperback or a collection or sometimes even a single issue, something to read along with us and then come back and uh, and talk about. And it actually worked out okay because we were delayed. Andy's pick from last time actually ended up working out nicely for uh, the spooky Halloween October month uh, because Andy picked American Vampire. Uh, I had read the first few issues, I think, when it came out, uh, and and not anything since. So it was good for me to kind of go back and and read it. Uh, although uh, I will say today, in looking, Andy, I I think I may not have read as much as you because what I read was only the first five issues, and I noticed there was one that was much bigger. Which which one did you read? Um, I so I picked up the the one that's it's. Uh, how many? Let's see what it says on Is the. Is it inside. like volume one? Because volume one, I think, has a lot more to it. I only read like the first arc, I think. So, um, so the first one should have like, but it should have like more than one short story in it, or did it just have the one short story in it? It should have like suck on this, which is the one set in like the Roaring Twenties, which is ch- yeah, oh no, sorry, went... um, 
big break and bad blood. Those are the yep. two. Yep. Those I are the two. That. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So we're good. So, I yeah. did read more than that, but I also just kept going and took whatever <laughs> comicsology had for free nice. and just kept reading. So, but yeah, no, that's, I'm good to just talk about those two. That's perfect. Okay, great. So yeah. So why don't, why don't you take over then? Cause this was your pick. Yeah. So, um, it, like you said, this has been out for a while, um, and it's it was something that I wanted to to read, and I think like like Ian said, I have probably issue one sitting around somewhere uh, that I read a long time ago, but never never got back into it. And I think it's because it starts a little slow. Uh, it does. It really does. Uh, it's that was interesting to me because it starts like it, the first of the two stories that are in here um, is really slow. Like, in fact, it's not until like the last panel that anything besides kind of a intro storytelling even happens. Uh, so, you, so I was kind of wondering where they were going to, where they were going to go with it. Um, now the, the second of the two stories um, is, jumps right into it though um and it's that's set more in the wild west um and it has a little bit more of an action theme to it but i i like how that set up some of the future stories that are in there um and what happens kind of with chapter two of it and the next two stories but i also like how they break up the 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 way they're telling the stories too yeah it's um you're right about it being slow. That's I think that's probably why I didn't read any more than the first issue or two back when it originally came out. And uh, oh, quick aside too, I had I had no memory that this was done by Scott Snyder, who I don't think at that point was like that big a name. But of course, he's gone on to do a ton for for Batman uh, at DC. Uh, I remember picking it up because Stephen King was attached to it. So I, you know, I read the first one or two when it came out, but lost interest. Uh, so going back and, and rereading, it was the same thing. I was like, man, this is slow starting, but you're right. Once it gets going, it, it does pick up. And I'm a, I'm a big fan and King does this a lot, uh, himself. Uh, I'm a big fan of the like evil over time, uh, type of, you know, motif or idea. And like, uh, it is a great example of that by, by Stephen King, both, you know, obviously the book and the movie adaptations evil recurring over time and so you get to see you know this one jumps around uh time wise uh i mean it goes chronologically but it starts way back and then you know you get to into the 1920s and and even further so i i've always been a fan of that i'm not sure what it is that i like about that but just the uh you know kind of the the persistence of of whether it's a single character just evil itself over playing itself out in different eras is always very interesting to me. So, so I did like that part of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a, a definitely a much better read this time for me than back when it first came out. Yeah. So, and I do like how the first story has a character from the second story, but you don't realize who he is. Right. You, you think you're going to know and it's going to help you, but um, you don't, you know, he doesn't, kind of do anything for you until um until much later um but that's i like that i also like that they're like you said that evil over time is done in a very interesting way because the first story is like the was it the 1920s and then but the one before that is the uh 1800s right um so i think they did a great great job with with that and they'll even kind of over time keep some of the same characters that are alive to tell to tell the story um and you kind of watch them transform over time and that's that's fun uh, it's also interesting to kind of take um what they do with some of the vampire lore as well um the idea of yes different how- kind of vampires evolving is an interesting thing right and like how they're created affects how they evolve um and what kind of features they have um i also like the idea that there's like vampires in america don't necessarily get along with vampires in europe like that they're yeah i like that element of it 
quite a bit as well. Um, and I think there, I, I went back and I read some stuff, you know, some interviews with Snyder and King about this and how some of this is an answer to what they were seeing with like Twilight, Twilight sure. and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and just kind of some of the what was happening softening of the of the vampire mythos exactly and so this was kind of their their answer to that um and how it's gory and it's gory and violent oh yeah and some of it is like yeah some of us like the the end splash pages um do a really good job of that but i also like the the two main characters in this are very different vampires and have very different motivations. Um, but they end up not necessarily working together, but are put in a situation where they have more of a common enemy. Um, so they don't have common goals, but they have a, a common enemy. Right. Right. And, uh, there's some good visuals too. Like, uh, uh, I just love the idea of Skinner sweet stuck, Weak in his coffin, uh, underground in a town that is flooded. So he's not only. I think one of the characters says, like, yeah, he's now he's you know, sixty six feet under under because he's like you know under sixty feet of water plus plus the ground. So yep. and it was some neat visuals too with that. So that was kind of a like pictures close ups of him like his head or whatever in the coffin, and you could see like the the earth above him, and uh, so there was some cool visuals uh, that I really enjoyed as well. Yeah, because that starts to get into kind of book two, where you you know um, the the characters are coming into their own. They know that they're because book one is setting them up, creating them both as vampires, and then book two is kind of seeing their evolution and what what happens to them, you know, as they as they progress. Um, and you're right, one of them, Skinner Sweet, is he's taking his new power you know cuz he was an outlaw before and he's going to you know he's going to do it he's going to use that power to you know continue being a bad guy um and then oh i forget her name um what is her name it's pearl pearl yeah how pearl just tries to go back to being normal if she can um but realizing that she can't anymore and she's got kind of the power to not to to take revenge on the people that that put her in this situation yeah 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 no it was it was a it was a much better read this time around and again i didn't go further uh i didn't go as far as you but uh i did i did enjoy it so it was good to kind of go back and revisit it and like i said be a little bit surprised too that it was scott snyder i I hadn't realized that so um so that was kind of cool yeah yeah no they do a great job and like i said that um I know the storyline continues even further out too, uh, and they do some neat things um, in terms of kind of some of the secondary characters that end up in this uh, and what they they end up doing, and some of the the other you know other types of vampires that are out there too. Um, that was a uh, later on in the story. They do a really neat thing with kind of where some other uh, breeds of vampires came from. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I like that's that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a neat thing. Yeah. But I think it's great, and like I said, I it's it's great storytelling with um, with with both Snyder and King. Uh, and I like the idea that there's each one of them is kind of taking a different storyline, but they're working together to to kind of mingle them in. Um, I read volume two as well, which starts to get into um, Vegas uh, and some other really neat things in Vegas uh, and what happens when, you know, you know, what happens when you have a pregnant vampire? Um, oh, neat. Like, yeah. And stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's some neat, there's some neat stuff. I think it's really neat. I think, I don't think it's one that I'm going to go out and buy, but as issues become available on Comixology, it's definitely one that I'll always watch for, uh, and I'll grab uh, whenever I can see it uh, out there because it is. It's a. It's a. I think it's gritty like Thirty Days of Night, 
but it's better storytelling because it's King and Snyder. Uh, I do like the art style too. Um, I don't always, it's Raphael uh, Albuquerque. Yeah. I don't always love his style. Um, but so far it's, uh, you know, I like it quite a bit. Uh, I think it works well for vampires. It does. It's very stark. There's not a, a, a real wide color palette, which makes the, like when there's blood and gory stuff, it makes that pop uh, a lot more. So yeah, I think it, I think it fits it really well. Uh, oh, and I want to mention King does that thing that he does a lot in his writing where he takes one of his characters that he's going to focus on as an author. Um, but I actually like that because you get like someone who like wrote this story about vampires and is essentially telling people, no, this, this really happened. This isn't like a made up story. So right, right, I, right. I appreciated that angle too. Cause I thought, Oh, that's very Stephen King. So, yeah. Cause I think they're up to, yeah, they have like six volumes. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking back through and realized that, yeah, they put out a lot more than I realized. Yeah. Cause I read, so volume one and two are both available uh, on comiXology unlimited and they take you, Basically, up until almost, uh, I think this the start, uh, like the I don't know when that is. It's got to be the late forties. It's not into. I don't know if it includes World War Two because I think that's some of what uh, Volume Three is about. Five is the fifties. It looks like. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think it's neat. Um, if you like vampires, if you like Stephen King, if you like the Old West, uh, any of those things, I think you're going to like quite a bit. Yep, yep, I agree. And I've always loved the the Deadlands setting for like RPGs and games and stuff. And that kind of is very much that feel like Old West, but like vampires and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was a good recommendation. I, I ended up enjoying that one. So, yeah, check out American Vampire if uh, if that sounds interesting to you. Or if you read it along with us, uh, we'd love to hear from you about what you thought of it. So you can hit us on the, on the Facebook page. Uh, that would be cool to hear from you. And it is my turn to pick. And one of the things that became available uh, that piqued my interest is something that I never read but uh, being a big Dungeons & Dragons fan, I'm, I'm curious to read now. So I'm going to pick uh, – it's Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Forgotten Realms – I think it's Forgotten Realms Classics or Tales of the Forgotten Realms, Volume 1. And please don't make the super suit green. Or animated. All right, welcome into The Somebodies, where we discuss a character that maybe you don't know as much about or someone that we just feel like talking about. And I thought for Halloween, we would talk about somebody that's kind of an interesting uh, sort of, uh, not really horror, but but definitely in that vein because he's a, showed up in superhero books. Uh, but I decided to go with Solomon Grundy. Uh, and uh, always really interested in that character for whatever reason i uh undead type of stuff i always really like like you know i play uh in you know warhammer fantasy back in the day i played you know with undead army with skeletons and they're like among my favorite things to paint for miniatures i just think it's a neat aesthetic and just kind of the whole idea of of coming back to life is uh so repulsive that <laughs> for some reason that holds some some attraction to me so uh so Grundy's kind of a neat character and uh I I was actually surprised cuz I wanted to kind of learn a little more about him I knew him from a little bit in the comics but also I mean he was on uh, Challenge of the Super Friends. The That's where I remember him from. Yeah, back when we were kids, which is kind of crazy to think that they would have a zombie on a very, you know, low, <laughs> uh, very, very, you know, aimed, squarely aimed at a younger demographic uh, that they would have him. So, but I think that's a- one of the interesting things is I'm not entirely sure they made him a. They ever really explained his... was right, right, and that that was interesting too. So I always thought he. Cyrus Gold, guy dies, and somehow comes back, and they just always left that vague. Now, I thought they did that because back in the day, you couldn't have undead characters. Right. So, I can't remember exactly his... When is when does he first show up? Because it's... It, uh, this is what's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I did not realize he he was first introduced in October of 1944 in All American Comics and was actually a Green Lantern. The original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, was a Green Lantern bad guy. So I knew that because back then Green Lantern couldn't affect things like wood. 
Right. Yeah, that was his weakness. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I always thought stuff like that was super interesting. Uh, <laughs> you a pencil? All right, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to me, I re- so I remember some of, I remember, I've read about Solomon Grundy a couple times. Again, he's he never really has his own run. I remember him most from Challenges of Super Friends. Um, I don't know. I went back and tried to find some audio clips of him because he did have a southern accent in that. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Louisiana, like Cajun. Yeah. One. So he, in that, he's played as not dumb, but not super bright. Right. Um, and so that's one of the things that changes over time with him as well. But yeah, I think most people remember him as like a Superman, Batman villain. Yes. Um, and he's one of those ones, like a lot of kind of second tier villains, like, like sometimes he fights Batman and Batman can beat him up. Other times he fights right. Superman and Superman can barely take him. Right. Um, and that's, yeah, and I'm fine with doesn't that. Have, yeah. He doesn't have really defined abilities. No. And it, it seems that any time someone new writes his story, he has a different set of abilities and nobody seems to care that that's, that, <laughs> right. that happens. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. it... Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. I feel like I've cut you off like 80 times. This, this <laughs> that's episode. right. I also love it because not only do I remember it from um, the Super Friends, but I also had heard the nursery rhyme as a kid or something. So I knew the Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, christened on a Tuesday, married on a Wednesday, took ill on a Thursday, grew worse on a Friday, died on a Saturday, buried on a Sunday. That was the end of old Solomon Grundy. Like, I, re- I remember hearing that and just thinking, that's a cool little poem. Um, and so to have a character that is based on that. So when I read some of his backstory, it's like he wakes up and all he can remember he comes across some hobos, and they're one of them's like, "Oh, like the old, like the old nursery rhyme, Solomon Grundy," like, and that's how he gets his name. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny too because you you mentioned Challenge of the Super Friends, and I remembered him being on there. So I was looking at on Wikipedia some of the other media, and it actually because I felt like I remembered them doing something where something magical brought him back to life on the cartoon, and it's in the episode called Monolith of Evil, where he's brought back to life by a. Um, by a monolith, like this enormous, powerful uh, monolith. So it is interesting, but um, it reminded me too here, looking at these other uh, media appearance appearances, that there's a phenomenally bad, uh, first off, the entire show was phenomenally bad, that 1979 Legends of the Superheroes um, live action DC comics. They actually brought back Adam West and Burt Ward to be Batman and Robin, but... Um, <clears throat> They have – if you've never seen clips of it, uh, you should watch it. You should watch the Solomon Grundy clip too where he's like in disguise as like a mechanic at a garage. It's, it is unbelievably bad, but the, the costumes are very true to the comics, and they look ridiculous because they're live action. But uh, it is absolutely worth looking up on YouTube, the, the Solomon Grundy clip from that Legends of the Superheroes because it is so horribly bad. So what's interesting, too, is – and I didn't watch much past, um, I think, the third or fourth season of Arrow. But Cyrus Gold is in yes. Arrow. Yep. But he – but I'm uh, – It was only one episode, too, and he wasn't really Grundy. It was sort of a – it was a more of a nod to it. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, – yeah, that's – it's one of those things because he does – later on in the comics, he – you know, he he does any kind of DC character. I think he kind of runs in with almost any DC character. But, um, yeah, it's... And supposedly he's in Gotham, too. I haven't watched any of Gotham. I haven't either. Uh, um, there's too much TV out there for me. I can barely <laughs> right, yeah. keep up with the terrible stuff that I like. Um, but, yeah, that's... Yeah, I think Challenge of the Super Friends is where I remember him from the most. I've never seen Legends of the Superheroes. Uh, I might have to go back and see oh, that. It's, Although, it's, when it's... I was reading through this, I also remember it from... I do remember the line in the Crash Test Dummies uh, Superman song about poor old Solomon Grundy. <laughs> like, that's right. another one of those, like, cultural references. And then I found the... I, I, I totally forgot about the... There's an episode of Family Guy where 
um, Lois is on some rant about something, and she discovers what the Legion of Doom is up to. <laughs> yes. A little one-liner from him, so I listened to that again. I was like, "Oh, that's so classic Solomon Grundy." Like, <laughs> but that was that was a fun little. Yeah, he's a. I was surprised how how often he appears in other pop culture references, but how little he's actually in. Like comic books, <laughs> right? Mainstream comic books, and I, it's yeah. I, I gotta think it's because his character is so ill-defined, um, but is tied to another kind of cultural reference where, like, he comes from a nursery rhyme. He can, you can basically reinvent him, and that, that's some of what the Wikipedia article says too: is that they reinvent him every time he, yeah. Reinvents. Yeah, and he was yeah he was in like Blackest Night and New Fifty Two. They've done stuff with him. He's even been in uh, DC Rebirth. So they, you know, they they do continue to bring him back uh, from time to time because I just think I think for whatever reason he's a compelling character, uh, even though he's not <laughs> incredibly well defined. So that's kind of I don't know whether that speaks to the to the design of the character, which is very cool looking or, or just that, you know, he's so different from anything else in DC. That might be another reason they, they bring him back. But um, yeah, I, just, I don't know. There's something interesting about him and I, I thought he'd be a fun one to pick for this month. Yeah, there was a, I also, he does appear in Swamp Thing a little bit too. Um, Cause that's one of his origin stories that he sure. was tragic. It was the council of, um, whatever the council of trees there like apparently the way you create the you know the swamp thing um he was almost a failed attempt at that which is cool because that ties back into some of his original origin stories where he dies in a swamp and everything so i at it again i think there's a lot of a, a lot of ways to use his character again i don't think he's ever going to be a mainstream character but i i like how he shows up um and the different ways they use him and he he does also make it into the amalgam universe too cuz they uh they crunch him with uh hulk um and there's oh that's skunk. interesting <laughs> so so basically that's great. banner's doing his experiments um Instead of in the story where there's just some random kind of guy out there in the Jeep, it's Solomon Grundy's out there, and Banner goes out, tackles him, they get merged together, so whenever he gets angry, he turns into Solomon Grundy, uh, but Solomon Grundy calls himself Skulk, which is funny because if you look at the drawings of uh, Solomon Grundy, he is always kind of like, oh, like, well, I- like... Yeah, and and he's got that pale complexion. Of course, the original Hulk was gray too. So that's right, a right. that's a that's a great mashup. That is it, that's it fantastic. Is. That's, yeah, they call him Skulk. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I you know I always loved it. I most of the amalgam stuff is pretty terrible at times, uh, <laughs> and it was like a like it's a definite money grab. Uh, but the fact that at one point in time DC and Marvel allowed their characters to be merged together, I'm <laughs> yeah. always gonna. Anytime they do a good one of those, I'm gonna go back and and find it and like it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Awesome. All right, so that was Solomon Grundy, who was uh, that. That was a fun, uh, fun chat, and he was one that was fun to pick too, because, like I said, I didn't know a ton about him more, except you know the basic origin. So, so yeah, that was that was a good, uh, uh, fun one to dive into. So we'll be back with another cool character like Solomon Grundy next month. All right, we have reached the end of another issue, and uh, nothing in the mailbag this month, so we would uh, ask you kindly to send your questions along. The Facebook page is is usually the preferred method. Uh, You can email me if you want. I've put my personal email out there. Just Again, just put Hero Man and Sidekick Boy in the subject line so I know what it is, and that's uh, you can reach me at imclark at comcast.net. And uh, send questions along, stuff for the mailbag or suggestions, or if you read along with Read This, or if you want to suggest something for Read This, any of that, any interaction, we really appreciate, and we uh, we like to hear from you guys. We know, I've said it before, we have really, really strong download numbers. I don't know if that many people that are downloading it are actually listening to the show, but we know there's lots of you out there, and, and we hear from the same group of people all the time, and we're really happy that that same core group is, is always interacting with us, but we would love to hear from some, some new people, and uh, that happens from time to time, and that always really uh, makes me happy, because it means we're you know reaching more people, and, and other people are enjoying the show, so please do take the time to uh, 
to reach out to us because it, it does mean a lot and we, we really do enjoy interacting. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think uh, anything else, Andy? I think we're I think we're at the end here. No, yeah, no, that was good. That was a, a good episode there. Like I said, um, I like it because I think we're I think we're both kind of starting to read um, kind of more um, shorter pull lists. Um, yeah, mine's so always been short. Yeah, well, and mine's mine's starting to get that way too, um, just because, and I think that'll let us do a little bit more focus. Um, so yeah, yeah. But again, I also enjoy kind of answering questions uh, and interacting with people that listen. So, you know, if you guys have a chance, you know, ask us anything. And I know me and Ian aren't ex- experts by any means, but we do this because we have fun. So it's always fun to kind of see what you guys are interested in liking uh, as well. Yeah, very well said. All right. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you, as always. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. (laughs) Hero Man and Sidekick Boy will be back with another issue. Until then, we're reminding you it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening.